my friends, and welcome to today's emergency episode of the Barry Trump Show with some invisible nerds. <laughs> but they haven't, they haven't come yet, but they will. They will, because we have a thing or two to discuss. It's been a busy uh, bit of time uh, since last we saw each other. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, I guess this is what it takes <laughs> to pull me back in. Hey, Jen. Hello. I, I was just, uh, one, I was just saying how good it is to be back and to see everybody, at least uh, theoretically. Yeah. And that um, apparently it, it took the announcement of Chris Christie's not, uh, bid to lose mm. the Republican nomination again to uh, get me out of hiding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really um, big and shocking news. I hope we can, you know, I think this would be a good time to like, you know, go deep into this, his sort of early childhood, what motivates his run. He may be the next president. I'm so glad you, you called yeah, together. Yeah, I, I think we're at the cutting edge of, of this. Um, I think it's, it's only overshadowed by um, Mike Pence's decision to lose the nomination badly, but... We'll get to that another time uh, because. Oh, you missed some... something else. Pat Robertson passed away. I didn't miss it. I just don't care. Oh, um, okay. So, uh, you know, he has been a, a malign force in American politics for far too long. And let's not forget uh, that people like you know, there were sitting presidents who kowtowed to the vile, racist, misogynistic, cruel Pat Robertson. But Dahlia Lithwick very good to see you um Mary, but there's another news cracker barrel fell to the gay agenda yeah i i mean the, the, the just the, the hits just keep on coming but i want to take a step back and talk about something that may not be as important as all of those things but um is, is getting getting a lot of attention for some reason uh donald trump um whom some of you may heard of has been indicted or sorry i should say is going to be indicted next Tuesday in a Miami federal court for the second time in as many months. <laughs> so, I mean, the venue is different this time, but uh, yeah, he's being indicted again. And I just want, I, there are a few things about this that I want to focus on. Um, one of them is that because I think we have been conditioned by the uh, normalizing behavior of the media to kind of take this sort of thing in stride. And because it his his egregious behavior is so common uh, that we we come to think that this isn't a big deal, right? Yeah, of course, Donald got indicted again. It's a big fucking deal. Hat tip, President Biden. I mean, this is not... I, I don't I don't mean to um, diminish the importance of what happened in New York, but Dahlia, this is an entirely different level of seriousness. I think these are federal charges, and again, we don't we don't know uh, yet what is in the indictments. Um, and when I said a big fucking deal, I was quoting President Biden, not forgetting that it's Jack Smith, of course, <laughs> who's uh, behind all of this, um, that these are potentially among the most serious crimes. 
And again, in New York, they were serious. People think about, oh, you know, you just like paid money to a porn actor. Well, yes, but he did it in the service of trying to steal an election and commit voter fraud. I mean, sorry, election fraud. However, um, we're 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 just in an entirely different realm here, Dahlia. So I'd just love to get your initial thoughts on um, what we might have to look forward to, the change in venue. And I, I'm hoping this came out of the onion, but the fact that, that, that like the egregious Judge Cannon has gotten this case, what is going on? I mean, I don't know what's going on and I, I don't know about you all, but I've been like podcasting for four hours and no less now. Like, I feel like every time I get off Slack in order to podcast, I miss seven more beats. So this is, there's no way to stay ahead of this story. I don't know if you all saw that some of his lawyers just resigned, like in the last few oh. minutes, trusty. Yeah. Um, what, what, what? Tell, so, tell, yeah, tell. yeah, yeah. Hold on one second. And I'll, I mean, this okay. is literally. This is making me the so world's... happy. This is the world we live in now. Hold on one little second. Do you think it was I'll... a transcript of that audio tape that made them resign? Yeah, um, well, we'll I'm get seeing... to that in a second. Tim Collins on Twitter breaking Jim Trustee and John Rowley have resigned from Trump's team saying a joint statement. They tendered their resignations this morning. I think they're saying that it's because of the change of venue to Florida, but I'm not sure how much that holds water. But I just like putting out there that that happened in the four seconds that you guys were like putting your mics on. So like, let's be super clear that this story is changing by the second. I think the one thing, hi Waj, I think the one thing I would say, Mary, is that I think you've identified this central problem, which is the fact that the twice indicted president, uh, the twice impeached president, you know, indicted in New York, found civilly liable for sex abuse um, and like under scrutiny uh, in Georgia and Manhattan for, you know, other abuses. And the fact that this all like turns into a federal <laughs> indictment, including possible Espionage Act violations. And we're like, must be Friday, uh, just tells you like what we have gone through and what the new normal is. And the only thing I want to add to that, just as again, an open sort of precatory table set is the fact that the Josh Hollies of the world are rushing to his defense without seeing the same indictment. We have not read without having any information about what the charges are, what the evidence are, are turning this into a witch hunt, deep day, you know, fuck the FBI, is all you need to know about what's going on in this country. It is chilling in the extreme that news of this magnitude, never for in the history of this country has this happened, and that it is being met by Trump supporters high up in government who were active participants in January 6 with the, you know, must be the state, it must be Joe Biden's evil uh, plan is shocking. And the fact that we can't internalize that, shocking. Yeah, Dahlia, that is an incredibly good point. And let's be really clear. The uh, second man who is second in line to the presidency, uh, the sort of, I guess he's Speaker of the House, um, Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, who knows better, is going out there and telling people that President Joe Biden is personally indicting his predecessor. 
obviously that is entirely false. The dangerousness of the tactics uh, they are engaging in cannot be overstated. And Jen, we had another, I can't, I thought I had saved it somewhere, but we have another uh, Republican member of the House who basically put out, a, I think it was a tweet or a troth or whatever, um, that, that essentially said, you know, uh, get ready to go to war against these people, um, you know, hold or in other parlance, stand back and stand by, uh, you know, you know, your bridges using all of these like pseudo military terms to make it clear uh, what they're prepared to do. Uh, so that plus this sort of collective yeah, you know, he's still going to be the nominee. I should kind of be shaking us to our cores. Absolutely. I mean, I think that what you're describing, um, and I'm forgetting who the guy, the wackadoodle tweet was from, but it's why my... A member of Congress. Yes, I know, I know that, but I'm forgetting <laughs> no, the specific know, but... guy. But yeah. um, the, you know, the, the kind of blend of emotions that I have, I can only describe in a metaphor, which is like a, a you know... Uh, you know, a, you know, healthy portion of elation, but with a dash of a kind of anxiety on top. And it's not, it's not the best. I don't, maybe that's not, not the best metaphor I'm making, but there's like this way that, you know, you sort of want to feast in the schadenfreude, but yet, you know, this sort of despair that you feel washing over you that this guy is still the leading candidate um, for the Republican nomination that we're going to have like gaslighting, you know, to the hilt and that he's going to bring out more voters who didn't even vote before and all of his voters um, in the primary. And, I, you know, I just uh, it, it, it's it's distressing because part of me wants to believe that people like Howley and others um, in McCarthy are just cynical, power hungry um, you know, hollow men. But actually, I think there's a cult going on here um, because otherwise I don't understand how they don't figure out how to get together in a smoke-filled room and say, okay, let's all come together and fuck this guy. This is not, like, it has to be something really deeply wrong inside of these people and not just cynicism and power grabbing. And I, you know, I don't know how to, how you deprogram hundreds of millions of people. Yeah, I listen, hey Danielle. Um, and I just want to take a minute, a second, not a minute. A minute would be probably embarrassing for everybody. Um, but a second or two, just to say how really good it is to see all of you. Uh, I've missed your faces. Um, anyway, see a minute of that would have been over the top. Anyway, back to the point. We don't like emotion uh, here. I want no sincerity and heartfelt emotion, please. Oh, I, we should respond. It's good to see you too, Mary. Oh, yeah. thank you so much, it's Jen. That felt very you. sincere. Uh, thank you, Danielle. That sounded a little more sincere. Um, anyway, uh, yes, I, I come from wasps, so the whole, you know, emotion thing. Um, anyway, I think it, there are a few things going on. One is that for, for, for many of them, it, it's exactly who they are. You know, they are these authoritarian pro-autocratic fascist people who 
only believe in power as long as they're the ones who have it, right? Uh, the other thing I think is just a cynical calculation that um, as sterling as they are, <laughs> the other Republican candidates just can't win. They can't win a nomination, let alone in a general election. Uh, so before I, I go to you, Waj, I just want to clarify what we we're talking about earlier. Um, the uh, representative's name is Clay Higgins from, I don't know where he's from. Uh, and he wrote, tweeted. From the Confederacy. Of... <laughs> yes. Yes. From the Confederacy. He wrote the following. Yes. On one of those social media things. President. Oh, I almost broke my own rule. Forgive me. Mm. Uh, Donald. Uh, said he has been, quote, summoned to appear at the federal courthouse in Miami on Tuesday at 3 p.m., end quote. This is a perimeter probe from the oppressors. Hold. Our POTUS has this. For those not familiar with the lingo of the fanatical right, that the lowercase r means real. <laughs> so mm. that's a giveaway that they believe that the election was stolen because they're insane. Um Hold our POTUS has this buckle up 150K, know your bridges, rock steady calm. That is all. There's such friggin' wannabes, Waj. Wait, knowing what, that, what does that even mean? Can you finish translating? It, it's, it's, again, it's like pseudo, you know, military speak. It means, yeah. uh, like, know your bridges, just like, you know, know your area. Like, the, they, we, the enemy, have uh, yeah. the prim, you know, we're we're um, closing in the perimeter. One fifty, I think, is just a military term for um, scale. It's just, I mean, it's insanity. I'm sure it may, I'm sure it makes perfect sense in the context of, you know, uh, in the middle of a battle or something. Yeah. But he's, but, and I'm sure also that most of the people who would be sympathetic to that tweet don't know what the hell it means because it's they're... A, it's actually uh unsubtle uh language uh for militias uh armed militia talks so it's uh, yeah. jeff Charlotte, who's an author um said it's basically a call to these armed militias for civil war so clay higgins who's a, a MAGA nut who of course now is a republican representative from louisiana is openly on twitter a social media platform telling fellow right-wing nuts who are armed prepare for civil war and uh, going off of what you all were saying is, uh, you know, what we've talked about on your program a lot, Mary, is stochastic terrorism. And we've used the word about white vigilante violence. And we've talked about how they've primed the pump, uh, essentially radicalizing and weaponizing the GOP base uh, to basically prepare for such a moment. The, the sneak preview and the dress rehearsal was January 6th. And now because Trump, the cult leader, uh, the authoritarian leader who represents all their fears, their hopes, their dreams, and their ambitions. He is the one who will take on the quote-unquote what? Deep state. They're coming after him. So by coming after him, it means they're coming after you. So what are you going to do, MAGA? Are you going to sit there and take it? And most of them, as Dahlia said in our, in our chat, are, are cosplaying uh, as Conan the Barbarian and Rambo. I mean, they won't do anything. They'll probably like take their guns. What have I missed? <laughs> uh, she said uh, cosplay, uh, January 6th cosplay in the private chat, right? That's exactly. It. We always keep mentioning they're oh. cosplaying. 
it's it's like John Wayne. It's a, a great metaphor is John Wayne, Trump, Mike Pence coming out with the Harley Davidson earlier this week, right? It gives you, I mean, Daniel couldn't help but laugh. It gives you really an insight as to how they view themselves. You know, they're like, why can't we be like John Wayne? And you're like, John Wayne was an actor, a failed surfer who got injured. And a fucking then, racist. He was a horrible human being. Horrible human being who was an actor. He's a fake character. Rambo is fake. Rocky yeah. is fake. They have a statue of Rocky in Philadelphia. He didn't exist, right? But it, <laughs> it gives you an example of their mindset, like the Gary Cooper type, an actor. Donald Trump, the actor. Ronald Reagan, the actor. And so now they're going to cosplay as this militant Jesus, right? And so that's what we should be worried about because, yes, even if Trump goes down, what we've seen is that Trumpism will last, DeSantis and others. And like you, I think you were mentioning, Mary, Trump is still the number one honcho. He still leads in the polls. They realize that this will not taint him. All the polls show that Republicans don't care. Uh, so he's going to be the, even with perhaps multiple indictments, because we don't know what's happening in Georgia. We don't know what's happening January 6th. I think he's going to get screwed on January 6th because Mark Meadows sang like a bird. Uh, mm -hmm. His lawyers just resigned as of like an hour ago. CNN, like two hours ago, showed that they have tapes. They have tapes, him on tape openly saying, this was classified, but now it's top secret stuff. He's like, I'm like, you're such a, you're so stupid as, as a criminal. I well, love it. Nothing's yes. going to happen to him. Mary. Nothing's going to happen to him. But what we have to worry mm -hmm. about is the radicalization of the GOP, as you mentioned, that they've all, without even seeing the, 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 the charges, all lined up behind them, except Romney. I'll give Romney credit. He's the one who came out today and said, you know, well, if, if you're given multiple warnings and you still do it, Duh. So I think this is where we're at. And this is why our warnings of the past year, especially on your show, will unfortunately come to fruition. And I'm, I, I'm just I hope the institutions realize it. I don't think they will. Uh, and, and so this is why we should be worried is that even though they're cosplaying and most of them are cosplaying, we know that all it takes is a few people to pick up the gun and we'll see random uh, acts of violence, such as we saw on January 6th. And what happens when these institutions, such as Judge Cannon right now, if there's a Supreme Court, if there's judges, if there's law enforcement, if there's elected officials in these institutions or who, who are beholden not to the Constitution and law and order, but to the Trump and, and the cult of Trump, this is why I think it's going to... I've been saying this since yesterday. Hold on to your butts, folks, to quote Jurassic Park. It's going to be a wild and bumpy two years. And the final thing I'll say is Mary is an excellent author. Congrats, Mary and Jen. I've been lucky enough to read their romance novel, they sent me the first chapter. I don't read this stuff, but it's actually really good. It's like well-written. And in the first minute, you have the teaser and all this great stuff. So uh, the Substack uh, romance novel of the summer is coming out. No Congrats spoilers, Waj. Mary and Jen. I said nothing. Uh, Mary and Jen and e uh, EJ. I, thank you, Waj. Um, it's actually getting better because you got a rough draft. And uh, yeah, we started. Uh, we I, I actually think that this is much more important than the uh, breaking news. We're here. To... <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I'll talk about that some other time. But I do appreciate the uh, the um, what is it? What is that word for the thing you just did? Compliment. Shout out. Shout out. Thank you. Shout the shout out. out. The compliment. Thank Just you. Just take it. 
Yeah, just take it. And also, you didn't mention the uh, the Substack is called Backstory Serial. You can go to backstoryserial.com to get there. And the romance novel that Mary is writing, I'm just editing, Eugene is doing the comments, is called The Italian Lesson. Okay. Thank you, Jen. Um, <clears throat> much less importantly, uh, Donald Trump has been indicted, is being indicted because he's a traitor. Um, so... Yeah, that's not as fun as reading a romance novel. Well, okay, I guess it depends on your politics vis-a-vis -vis romance novels. But uh, it's a little bit more <clears throat> significant for our purposes. And, um, you know, Danielle, as to Waj's point, and hi, Norm, it's really good to see you. Um, this is uh, what's happening now is going to be a test of, this country's ability to set itself right, a test that we have failed repeatedly throughout the centuries. And I think one of the, one of the um, aspects of this that, that makes the situation so fraught is that we know that the more Donald gets indicted, the more the base will cling to him. But we're seeing that that's also true of the entire Republican Party. Uh, I, I mean, with the exception of Mitt Romney, and let's not give him too much credit for anything, uh, they're either going to say nothing or they're going to do what Hawley and Higgins are doing, uh, explicitly not just supporting him, but going after the mechanisms of the institutions that, for better or worse are necessary, at least at this moment, uh, to get beyond this very tragic circumstance in which we find ourselves. Um, so then it's up to the De Democratic Party and the media to get it right. And I, I worry about that. I worry about that as well, because uh, the media in particular hasn't been able to. And, you know, think about it, Danielle. I mean, Yes, Roger is correct. Uh, Dahlia is correct. January 6th was uh, a dress rehearsal. Actually, it wasn't supposed to be, though. It's only, it was only a dress rehearsal because they didn't quite succeed. Um, so, uh, but I think the real test, that the very first test we failed was that when Donald, during a debate, I think the debate in which you gave President Biden COVID, um, would not come out against the Proud Boys. So with that track record, I mean, what? Uh, okay, sorry. We, ju we just have some more breaking news. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Waj. Wal Nauda, or whatever his name is, the valet. Oh, he's also been indicted. This, this is the, I'm not, I, valet, I guess, uh, who helped move boxes. And this is also the person who accidentally emptied an entire pool into, like how does that even happen by the as way? one does mary i'm going as one to does. i'm accidentally who going to make sure that drain their pool into another room who among who us that? indeed and also who drains a pool in doesn't matter Danielle, in but, october in florida yeah it but, doesn't make any sense so, so this is a fast moving story obviously but i think the the fundamentals of it remain the same. Um, are we equipped 
uh, to handle this properly because, you know, we've been, I, I've been like, every time I see this question, it makes my head explode. Can we, ha can America handle it if Donald gets indicted? And actually the real question is, can America handle it if he isn't indicted? Well, thankfully we don't have to ask that question, question anymore. Yeah, I think a, a couple of things. One, um, can the country handle it? Yeah, the country has handled riots and racism and mass shootings and school shootings and a global health pandemic. Like we're not a bunch of fucking toddlers. So let's stop like placating to um, a small minority of a minority that can't handle seeing, you know, rainbow flags in Target, right? Like this, that is not the makeup of America. Um, most Americans are actually really gritty and thoughtful and like prepared and have been prepared, sadly, since January 6th for the next iteration of whatever it is that the MAGA America, you know, had in store for us. And so like, you know, to go to your first point about, you know, will will the media and Democrats lay out the case like, honestly, um, no, the media is going to do what the media does, which is why, you know, we all join your show, Mary, and why, you know, Waj and I have uh, our podcasts and, you know, and folks have other podcasts because we utilize the platforms as independent, independent media personalities in order to share the truth that cable news is not going to do, right? Like you see who, who CNN had on last night for, you know, just, I mean, segment after segment, just pushing lies from Trump lawyers and like, you know, that's what they were doing. So, you know, for folks listening, if you want truth, then go and support independent media outlets, right? And independent voices who are doing the work because mainstream media is not gonna deliver it to you. Um, what will Democrats do? I think that I've seen a lot of members uh, on Twitter. I think that the White House is gonna remain uh, quiet uh, as they should because yeah. it is a set, it, they are a separate entity and a separate branch. And unlike how Donald Trump and the Republican Party tried to weaponize uh, the Department of Justice under, um, you know, under both of Donald Trump's uh, attorney generals, um, this president isn't going to do that. Uh, and so I've heard, you know, other Rep other Democrats come and take to social media to say this is what it looks like to live in a uh, democracy, right? What would it say, not only to Americans, but to the world that if you had those documents, and refuse to return them because the point here is the refusal to return, right? This wouldn't have been an issue and wouldn't have become a criminal case and a criminal indictment had when the National Archives said to Donald Trump, return said documents if he had been like, bet, my bad, we had a packing error and you can come in and collect whatever it is that we have, but no. What did he do on the audio that we've seen from CNN, from heard from CNN? We heard, oh, look at this. Look at my secrets. I could have declassified them when I was president, but I didn't. And so here are, you know, here are my secrets. Look at this. It's Millie. Look at it, this. It's Iran in his own goddamn words. I mean, yeah. so if he wasn't such an egotistical, braggadocious piece of trash, Right. Like Donald Trump wouldn't have written his own eulogy as it pertains to this case, but he did. So I think that what the Republicans are doing with their cosplay, with their call to arms, with their bullshit is all of it is projection. It is it should be paid attention to because they are a violent bunch of people. But all of it is projection. It is bullshit. If they had the goods on Hillary Clinton, 
then Bill Barr would have indicted Hillary Clinton. If they had the goods on Obama and Biden and all of these people, then when they had control over the government under Donald Trump, all of those people would have been indicted and on trial right now. But you know what? None of them are. That's right. Yeah, I, 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 it was my first tweet last night. It was just a picture of uh, Hillary Clinton during her 11 hour testimony at the Benghazi hearing like this. And it simply said, for those of you keeping score at home, zero indictments, zero counts. Uh, so, Norm, uh, I think Danielle's absolutely right. The, what we do here is we we stay laser focused on the indictments, the counts, what he did and what and how the justice system is going to um, handle it. Everything else is just I don't want to say it's just noise because uh, these people are insane. And, and I think that the, we need to be prepared, but we can't get distracted by it. Um, and then, you know, it's uh, down the road. We need to turn to the unfortunate and stubborn reality that the reason we're here is because tens of millions of Americans have chosen for us to be here. Uh, so Norm, I just kind of want to get your sense of how the Democrats are going to handle this, how they should handle it. And, um, you know, what, what we can expect in the next, uh, week, cause it's going to be quite something. So, uh, on a whole host of, in a whole host of areas. First, this was a giant shoe to drop. It's not the only shoe that's going to drop. Yep. It'll take a while before uh, we see something in Georgia, uh, because I think we're looking at a blockbuster case. Uh, but that's going to come up. And we don't know in this instance for certain whether uh, Eileen Cannon will be the judge throughout all of this. What I'm hearing uh, from a lot of people who know the procedures down there is it's more likely than not but it's also possible that she was put on this for an arraignment because she's familiar with the case mm -hmm. and that there will be another judge. If she is the judge, the greatest threat is that she can delay this past the election. But if that's true, I think there is a real possibility we'll see another set of indictments in Washington involving January 6th. That trial could come first. We're going to have a bunch of trials. What we also know is that 20 Secret Service agents assigned to Trump testified in front of the grand jury, were called in front of the grand jury. We, what we know about Walt Nauta is that Trump has said that he was uh, indicted, and it is probably the case. But we also know that the maintenance man is the one who physically drained the pool. And if I were a maintenance man, uh, probably with Donald Trump making 15 bucks an hour. Um, if that... I had some FBI agents talk to me about what obstruction of justice means in terms of jail time. I might decide instead to talk a little bit about who ordered me to drain the pool and make sure it went into that room. And I would think that Donald Trump is not just upset because of this indictment, but understands that there are a whole lot of people, including Mark Meadows, spilling their guts about him. Uh, so. Uh, there's going to be, I think, some reckoning to uh, to go here. Uh, if I were Democrats, and particularly, of course, Senate Democrats who have the ability to hold hearings, but House Democrats as well, 
One of the things I would want to do is to make sure that you counter over and over again the argument that Trump and the Fox people are saying, and many others who support Trump, that uh, Barack Obama had all these documents. Joe Biden had all these documents. Hillary Clinton had top secret information. And point out the differences when you have the information and turn it over immediately, including Mike Pence, and when you stonewall. But the other point that I would make here is we only know that we have this indictment. We sort of know the areas. We know it includes the espionage count. It has not been yet unsealed. When it is, my guess is we're going to have even more powerful uh, documentation of what went on here. And what went on here includes, as we now know from what uh, we've seen with the transcript of the uh, discussion that Trump had uh, with Mark Meadows' people when he was doing this um, uh, uh, interview about his book, that he had a top-secret document about uh, our tactics if we went to war with Iran that he said he knew was classified and not declassified. But also, if that document had been shared bad enough with Saudi Arabia, but with Iran, then we're talking about one of the most dangerous breaches of national security uh, in our history. And it is a serious threat to our national security. So we're looking at more than just, I took a bunch of documents and I shouldn't have, but tough shit. Um, or yes, I did some obstruction and covered it up. And by the way, we still don't know what's at Bedminster. Um, and uh, In Ivana's so, grave. Other shoes. But we're, we're really talking about betrayal of the most secret, important uh, elements of America's national security. This is a traitor if all of this is proven to be true. And it's more likely than not that it is. And one would hope along the way with all of this that we learn more about the ties between not just Donald Trump, but his family members and others in his administration who have had lucrative deals with Saudi Arabia. You know, uh, Jay Monahan may be the latest who is uh, who has blood on his hands uh, by getting uh, blood money from Saudi Arabia, but uh, he just follows in the footsteps of Jared Kushner and uh, probably Steve Mnuchin, who was out there getting contracts from the Gulf and others. Yeah, I, it. What? Sorry, I'm, I I don't often find myself at a loss for words here because I should, none of it's shocking exactly. But Norm, when you put it in those terms, um, again, it's not. It isn't surprising. I should I shouldn't say it's not shocking. It's not surprising. But even so, even though I know what he's capable of and what I have no doubt in my mind he's done, it's still shocking. And and Dahlia, I think one of the reasons. Um, it's hard for those of us who follow this to, to be patient is because we've seen it. I mean, there's no, there hasn't been really much of an attempt to hide anything. It's out there. Um, you know, you can even draw certain infer inferences from uh, financial transactions that have transpired. You know, I'm even now wondering about this whole thing with leave golf in the PGA and how that's benefiting Donald. And, and, you know, 
I, I don't believe that somebody like Jack Smith, especially um, working in the same agency with, as Merrick Garland, would be doing this if he didn't have some earth-shattering case completely nailed down. Uh, so, I, I mean, sometimes I think that the, the simplest thing to do is just to say to people, listen, if you had done this, if I had done this, if anybody but him had done this, you would have been in prison already and you'd be in prison for the rest of your life. So, you know, how do we wrap our heads around the fact that if the indictments are as serious as we have every right to assume they will be, and probably worse, this guy is still going to be roaming around undermining America, the American people's faith in the justice system and in democracy. So, so one of the things that I was thinking when Waj was talking and then when Norm just said what he said is like, I think part of the problem is, you know, again, it's the drip, drip, drip. And, you know, the frogs in pots get so accustomed to everything that nothing shocks us anymore. Right. That's where we started. And it's useful to think about sort of what's different and what's the same. And I think the point you're making is, you know, so much of this is the same. This is the first impeachment, right? Like, so yeah. much of this is the same. This is, you know, all of the January 6th hearings. So there's a weird way in which, like, how many times do we have to learn the same stuff in order to have accountability? And that that leads to the thing that I'm very nervous about, because I think it was Danielle who said, you know, what the hell? This guy, no, it was Waj, who said this guy couldn't disavow the Proud Boys in that debate. Like, what the hell? And what occurs to me is that we have this kind of creepy fascist over window happening. And what's changing, if I could lay it out, is that, you know, we used to talk about the grownups in the room, right? Who are the adults in the room in the first iteration of the Donald J. Trump administration? And we kept saying like, oh, you know, there's grownups in the room. Now there's no grownups in the room, right? Stipulated. Now there was grifters in the room, but at least some of them were competent critters. I think grifters are now fleeing the scene. And what's left behind is the violent authoritarians in the room. And it slightly answers Raj's question about why not disavow white supremacy and violent racist, you know, vigilantism and stochastic terror. This is the answer because everything else is gone. And what's, I think, destabilizing for all of us is that it turns out that's all you need. That's all you need. You don't actually need a whole bunch of enablers, you know, who are competent and good at government. All you ever needed was this. And I think that's really scary. And I'm not sure that I'm answering your question, but like what's occurring to me is the problem with media sort of both sizing this, you know, like on the one hand, Josh Hawley says it happens to him, it could happen to you, which is like, no, actually, if you still classify documents, uh, it should happen to you, right? That's the answer. But that's not the other side of this. The other side of this is creeping authoritarianism. And so I think like part of problem is both the sort of both siderism and our inability to say the good people at CNN, um, hey, the other side of, you know, opposing the whatever authoritarian Jan 6 cosplay is playing out in defense of him would be supporting democracy. It's not a both sides anymore. And what I'm very, yeah. very nervous about is that slippage has gone, I mean, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking both, duh, like, of course, this has been true all along, but also there are no adults surrounding him. There right. are just the most 
craven people. And the fact that we put them on CNN last night. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, just as a very quick aside, Chris Licht wasn't the problem. <laughs> he was just a mouthpiece for the powers that be. Uh, so nothing's going to change at CNN because that's not what John Malone wants. John Malone doesn't want a reasonable adult, fair conversation about what's going on in this country. Uh, so a couple of things. First of all, I, I think I think we can we can say that the creeping authoritarianism is now galloping, right? Um, and that Donald has never had any adults surrounding him. I mean, starting with my grandfather on down, it was always people who could knew they could get something out of him, uh, who found him useful for whatever their own ends were, and that any real adults were sort of uh, left waiting to see if it would benefit them. And then uh, if it didn't, or if Donald found them insufficiently loyal, they just sort of fell away. So yes, uh, his circle has continued to get smaller, but uh, as Dolly points out, it, it's also gotten worse, which is really shocking because it's always been very, very bad. <laughs> so, uh, you know, to knowing that, that this kind of um, what we're, hoping for here is uh, people to start people on the right side of things to start speaking with uh, passion and vehemence and unequivocally about the dangers we're facing is a little, a little worrisome. Uh, just a quick thing uh, as, as Dahlia pointed out at the beginning of the show, trustee and one other of Donald's attorneys has resigned. I don't think we know why yet, but Donald has hired Paul Manafort's, attorneys so that's fun i guess good luck yeah those lawyers are really great kept manafort out of jail yeah he needed a pardon in order to uh get away with the murder he committed colloquially speaking of course um jen i just wanted to talk uh briefly about the change in well it's not a change in venue because there wasn't a venue yet but uh, you know, a lot of us uh, lay people were expecting that this would be in D.C. So one thing, wh why Florida? I mean, I think it, why Florida is 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 evident is self-evident um, in some ways. But if you could explain why, but also, is there any po potential that other charges might be brought in D.C.? And um, we already have seen one of the downsides of Florida, and her name is Judge Eileen Cannon. <laughs> But are there other downsides mm. or benefits? Yeah, so my expectation is that the all of the charges under the um, Mar-a-Lago documents case are going to be here in Florida or there in Florida. And I can tell you my, my reasons in a moment. And I think that the January 6th case will be out of D.C. Um, to me, the, there are many benefits to being down there in Miami. Um, some of the defendants, like now we hear Walt Matta, the valet, might have been charged. You know, he's located there. And it's in terms of venue, the case law can be mixed in, in some instances, but a lot of these cases, for example, any false statements or concealment under 18 U.S.C. 1001, which is kind of like perjury, but not in court, like when you lie to the FBI, you really need to bring that case where the lie was made. So it, to me, it doesn't make sense to split this this up in that way. 
Um, another issue, I think, in a pra practical matter that I haven't heard brought up um, is, you know, you don't need to extradite him out of Florida. Now, I know he did show up for court uh, in New York, um, but, you know, there he is in Florida. It won't be difficult to get him there. Plus, um, you know, I think you don't want to lose a change of venue fight. Um, there yeah. are lots of reasons why most of this action took place in Florida. You know, he did fly out of Washington, D.C. on the 20th. So the actions he took, he was located there. So when you look at all the different statutes, even though some you could have probably brought the case in D.C., the bulk of it seems safer to be in Florida. As for, you know, um, Eileen Cannon, we'll see. I don't know if she actually has the case or not but but i think what folks were saying earlier that it might make sense and i you know look she's been slapped back before i don't think she can fight the fact that it's a rocket docket yes a judge can do what a judge can do to make legal determinations about timing and about evidentiary rulings that could favor one party over another but that could also happen out of dc as well so you know for all the reasons i mentioned and, and probably more it makes sense to just have that that case be in Miami and let D.C. be the, the venue for um, the January 6th um, insurrection and related charges. Yeah, I, Norm, I don't know if you had a chance to look at what Danielle wrote in the chat, um, but the two lawyers who resigned are claiming that it's a logical moment uh, for them to yeah. do so. I mean, I, I again, as it's, and I know nothing about this, so that's just why I'm asking you. Um, Lawyers have to be, uh, you know, have passed the bar in whatever state they're practicing in. It does, is that not true if it's a federal case? Uh, they could try this case. They okay. could, they could, they could <laughs> have done this. Uh, Trustee's been all over the airwaves uh, defending Trump. There are uh, a couple of possible reasons for this that I could speculate about. One, which I think is more likely than not, is that when they saw the indictment, they saw that Trump had lied to them. And if you start lying to your lawyers, these are lawyers who know that they are in a very bad spot and that down the road, it is going to damage their reputation uh, deeply. That's one possibility. Another, Mary, which I think you would know well, is that he told them he wouldn't pay them, that they'd have to do this pro bono. <laughs> Uh, no, come on, uh, come on. Uh, seriously. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, and then there's the possibility, uh, I suppose, that Trump said he wanted other lawyers, but that he's bringing in the lawyer who's basically dealing with the Stormy Daniels case in New York and then said other lawyers will be forthcoming suggests to me that that's not what happened. And the idea that because it's in my in Florida, it's not going to be in Miami. The uh, grand jury was in Miami, we are told, basically because they didn't have during COVID a safe space for a grand jury to meet in Palm Beach County. But it's going to be in the Palm Beach. Uh, it'll be in Palm Beach. But that's not a reason. That is an excuse. And the okay. fact that they basically said we're not going to go on television anymore or say anything anymore uh, suggests to me that this is very uncomfortable for them and that more than more likely than not, what I would believe is the most likely explanation is he lied to them. And who would have guessed that Trump would lie to his lawyers? 
I, I wish I, I, wow. See, I'm shocked again. I'm not really shocked. Uh, I, I think at this point, anybody who thinks that he's going to tell them the truth should be disqualified from anything. Uh, Danielle, we, <laughs> I don't know. This is so weird. Cause I, all, it, once again, it kind of feels like, don't get me wrong. This is, this is good. It's exactly what should be happening, but it also feels like it's not going to change very much. Am I being too cynical? I mean, I think that it is. See, I, look, you're talking to the other queen of cynicism. So <laughs> <laughs> you and I volley back and forth on that. Um, well, don't, don't forget Dahlia. <laughs> no, that's she, right. she helps us out on that. Um, uh, but sometimes too. But I, I mean, I think that it changes, changes a lot. Like while, we have lost our appetite to be shocked. I still like my jaw was still on the ground yesterday when the news came out yesterday evening. And I'm somebody that is invested in what is happening to our democracy. I think that Americans, a majority of Americans, the 70% of us are floored by this moment. And I think that it does change things. I think that it changes the way our perception of our government. I think it changes the perception. I mean, look, Everyone has always known that politicians lie, but the fact that you would ascend to become president of the United States and be like an absolute crook. I mean, like, it's not just one thing. I think that that's the other, that's the other piece too. It isn't just the sexual assault case. It isn't just the hush money case. It isn't just the documents case. It isn't just, you know, the perfect phone call, right? Like, it, 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 and before that preceded the Mueller report, right? Where while he was president of the United States, let's remember that Robert Mueller had laid out the 10 ways in which that man had obstructed justice and could be charged, but because he was president at that time, he wasn't. So Donald Trump's been on a crime spree for at least like the last 40 years. 60. 60 years, right? So I think that it changes in... The way that a lot of people were losing faith in our Justice Department, in our government, in a, a system that is supposed to honor law and order. And this move last night, on top of what Alvin Bragg did, you know, I, I don't know if it was a month ago or two months now, I have no idea. Um, but on top of what Alvin Bragg did, what we're waiting on in July from, uh, from DA Fonnie Willis, I mean, Again, if it were one thing, I think that Americans could look and say, hmm, maybe this is a bit political, but it's like this motherfucker's been on a crime spree. I think that Ari Melber put up the other day, Donald Trump has been involved and named in over 4,000 lawsuits over the course of his life. And people will say, oh, well that happens to rich people. Name another one, <laughs> name another rich person that has, has dealt with 4,000 lawsuits over the last several decades. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yes. And that ended so well. Um, <laughs> He's doing yeah, great see, that now, Epstein. Now you were I, showed, Danielle, Jeffrey Epstein. See, there was one. Yeah. Okay. So All right. I don't know, though. I, I don't. 4,000? I mean, granted, listen, let's not go down that rabbit hole because it's just so horrifying. Um, I think... Well, I, I, you know, I'm not, it must say something about uh, me and where I am uh, in both cases, the, in the New York indictment and this one, my reaction 
was um, I had none, basically. I was like Lopez in A Chorus Line. I felt nothing. Um, so, you know, maybe that's just because of my own personal experiences or uh, it's not cynicism. I mean, I again, I think it's a really good thing. And I do think it, I don't think it doesn't change anything. Uh, sorry, Morales, not Lopez. Priscilla Lopez was the actor who played Morales. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I don't think that uh, my reaction is uh, my, my reaction is absolutely an outlier for sure. Um, and I think that I, I just wanted to, in terms of the why we got here, okay. Uh, Somebody on MSNBC said last night that, you know, the problem is not that it's taken so long. It's that somebody like him ever got to wield the power he wielded. That so many people voted for somebody as despicable, incompetent, cruel, unqualified, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as, as Donald, right? That's, that's the tragedy. Um, but here we are. And I think for a lot of people, this sort of the cynicism, the disbelief comes from the fact that, you know, impunity, at least for him, certainly, and obviously for white men in America, seems to be self-perpetuating. And maybe this will be the brick wall that that runs into. Um, another thing, uh, and I think Lawrence said, Lawrence O'Donnell said this last night, is that we also need to remember well, I, actually, I'm going to add something to what Lauren said. I'm going to start with the observation that one of the jurors on uh, in Paul Manafort's trial was a hardcore maggot. Like this person had MAGA hats in her car, and she was a diehard fan of and follower of Donald, which is okay. And she found him guilty. She found Paul Manafort guilty because that's, what the evidence showed in the civil case, the e. Jean Carroll civil case, people think, Oh, it's Manhattan. Uh, you liberal bastard. No, sorry guys. The jury pool was from all over. And this is what Lawrence pointed out last night, Staten Island, which should be part of New Jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Voted for Donald, like 90% of people in Staten Island voted for Donald. So there have been instances in which people, when they are in a situation where that kind of profound responsibility lays with them, do the right thing. So, you know, that's something to to keep in mind. Um, and, you know, I want to go ahead, Norm. Just a, a couple of caveats on this. Mm -hmm. One is, uh, if Judge Eileen Cannon is the judge, there are many things she can do to screw this up, including both delays, um, not allowing evidence, um, uh, infecting the jury pool in different ways. Uh, having said that, I would argue that even if it's a hung jury in Florida, if it's a 11 to 1 or a 10 to 2, and it's basically because two MAGA jurors took the opinion going in and were allowed in by the judge that I don't care if he has an AR-15 and mows down everybody on Fifth Avenue in broad daylight. 
he's our president and he's innocent. If that's the case, it's still enormously damning and damaging. And I think it is more likely in any event that he's going to get convictions in these other cases that are uh, that are going forward. His life will be hell from this moment on. And for that, we can all be very grateful given the damage that he's inflicted on us, on the country, on people trying to get into the country. Uh, and uh, that's uh, leaves me at least a little bit happier today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, I think it's safe to say that his his life has been held for quite some time now and it's only going to get worse. Wash, go ahead. I mean, I just I just want to echo the fact that I think it is important that uh, we take a moment to acknowledge the fact that our cynicism about Jack Smith mine uh, and I'll speak for myself. You know, when you're a person of color, you see a double standard of justice in America. And so the rise of Trump and, and the election of Trump and the fact that so many Americans betray decency and compassion and the rule of law for sake of white supremacy was not a shock to people like me and Danielle and others. Right. Nope. I think the shock for many people, as you articulated, Mary, was not the fact that, oh, 70 percent of the majority is pissed off is the fact that so many of our Americans are fine with this. And how can we live in a country? And what does this say about America? And is this is this who we are? And the rest of us say this is who we've always been. This is who we have always been. And the rest of us have tried to survive and fight these forces that have not allowed us to live with dignity and live up to our ideals. Right. We love a country that doesn't love us back. So this has exposed us. And Daniel, uh, Daniel, not Daniel, Donald Trump has exposed. Oh, wow. Danielle, yeah, you're going to let that slide. Danielle. I, I call him Danielle. Uh, Donald Trump has exposed. Daniel. That 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 corruption, that elitism, that white supremacy, that cruelty. But I do think and, and I think Norm's point point is important here that the fact that there's a president, a former president who is now twice impeached. And, and like we said, Dahlia said, drip, 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 drip. We still haven't seen Georgia. We still haven't seen January 6th. And, and the fact that I think people did come out right. Donald Trump lost. He lost the 2018 midterms. They lost the 2022 midterms. Right. This this does eat away, Mary. And, and when you do line up the facts, like you mentioned, even in a place like Staten Island, which you say belongs to Jersey and eh, <laughs> eh, I don't disagree with you. Uh, you know, it's one of those situations where I, I don't want people to feel like just because you haven't got this groundswell that it's not working. You have to chip away, chip away, chip away at white supremacy and the lies and the disinformation. And, and a reversal real quick is the Republicans did this to Hillary Clinton. For a year leading up to the 2016 election, they very deliberately trot out this strategy, both in mainstream media and in the right wing circles to say that Clinton is corrupt. Benghazi. In 2015, Kevin McCarthy said we deliberately did those hearings to harm her leading up to the uh, 2016 election. And guess what, folks? It worked. So putting on my kind of I hate being Machiavellian like this, but drip, 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 drip leading up to 2024, Mary. All of this will create a narrative of corruption, uh, traitors, deception, uh, cruelty. And I do think, especially with the right wing going all the way off the cliff, because that boat, it ain't coming back, Mary. It's a radicalized, weaponized group. I do think that enough Americans, especially women, young folks, people of color, and those who are, I guess, Republican-ish, will realize what's at stake. And what I've always said, and I will say again on a hopeful note, is we have the numbers. When the numbers actually organize, we win. And in Florida last week, in a red district, teachers and Republican voters came together 
to say enough is enough to the to the bans against books. And they're the ones who actually killed off uh, that that movement on that school board at a local level in red state, Florida, folks. We have the numbers. Sorry, yeah, for, we my, do. sorry for my rant. No, no, no. Rant away. Um, that's that's why we're here. Uh, but seriously, I, I think, you know, uh, at the risk of actually, I haven't been here for a while, so nobody remembers what I used to say all the time. Um, we uh, are it's not it's not just that um, there are more of us and, and the media really needs to stop pretending that there's a 50 50 split and because that's it's just incorrect. Um, but that um okay remember the thing i used to say all the time i just forgot what it was which you know might be an indication of uh the fact that <laughs> i still need a bit of a break but anyway i uh, i think we need to remember that this is all of a piece it's not just that they're okay with this unspeakably vast corruption it's not in a separate way that they're banning books or they're literally trying to get trans people murdered in this country. It's all the same thing. It's all the same trend and we need to fight against it in that way. Right. So, uh, you know, I believe that, that, um, things are going to get worse before they get better. I think we need to be prepared for the fact that there might be, be violence that it, things might get dangerous uh we need we know for a fact that the levels of gaslighting and lying uh and uh anti-democratic rhetoric is going to skyrocket on the right but if we stick together you know there's a lot of hope here because the tipping point has become laden with so much hatred and so much, um, so much that is, is just wildly and blatantly anti-American that I think people who don't typically pay attention are going to start to. So I don't know if you guys remember, but the, the Nerd Avengers was born out of a segment we used to do called the Strategy Sessions. And it was in the ramp, ramp up to the 2022 midterms. And it was about, you know, helping Dems... Uh, find ways to, you know, it wasn't about policy. It was about politics. How are we going to win? How are we going to win? Um, for those of you who thought that we were going to have a little downtime this summer, I'm sorry to inform you that yesterday changed all of that and we start now. So I just want to go re around really quickly and get from you guys what you think is the most important thing Democrats should be focusing on going forward um, because this is not this election, even though 2020 was insane, this election had so much more at stake uh, and is going to be uh, fought on a field unlike any other. So, Jen, what are you thinking? I think. Oh, and they, then give me a bumper sticker. <laughs> I think what's really that important is the Republican Party brought us Donald Trump, they supported and lifted him, and they're sticking by him, and he, they should be stuck to him. It's not just Donald Trump. 
So the Republican Party, the Republicans, Donald Trump, the Republicans leader, I, I don't do it enough, but, you know, who was indicted? The leader of the Republican Party. Yeah, absolutely. Period. Yeah. Uh, Dahlia? I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying since the day we met, which is the courts. I'm going to say that the reason we have lean cannons in the world, the reason that we have so many of these problems, the reason that, uh, you know, please don't get Ropado into thinking that yesterday's voting rights case made the world better for voting. It just didn't make the world worse. And that um, we have to, just as... Um, Jen just said, in addition to lashing uh, the Republican Party to Donald Trump, I think lashing it to an incredibly corrupt, bought and sold self-dealing court and how easy it was to buy a self-dealing corrupt court has to be a thing that we don't rank number 15. Yeah, no question about it. Um, Wash. MAGA is the semi-fascist movement led semi? by semi. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm thinking of like Biden because oh, okay. Biden doesn't go all the way in, and okay. Biden also wants to promote himself as a person who can be bipartisan, right? So if if being realistic, then I would tell Democrats, especially those who are in elected officials and those who are paid a lot more money than us, to be wrong about a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, that so MAGA is a semi-fascist movement led by a corrupt, twice indicted, twice impeached Donald Trump. That is coming after your freedoms. Uh, they're coming after Social Security. They're coming after Medicare. They came after our, our, our election. They're coming after women's rights. They're coming after our books. They're coming after democracy. Which side do you want to choose? And I think Dahlia is correct, is that by the end of the summer, I think it will be unmistakable that the Supreme Court is part and parcel of the semi-fascist movement. And so the fact that the right-wing money has completely corrupted the Supreme Court, which will aid the semi-fascist movement taking away our freedoms. I think that will help Democrats. And my my lament with Dahlia's similarly is they should be doing more to put this out in the in the mainstream ecosystem that Clarence Thomas, Alito, Ginny Thomas are thoroughly corrupt. I think it will only help them marry uh, politically moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Danielle? I mean, I, I will just say that Democrats need to seize this moment. I'll piggyback off of what Jen said. Like the Republican Party is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the Republican Party. There is no part in parceling at this time. There are no good people in the Republican Party. They stood for this man. They backed him up when he said white supremacist things. They backed him up after January 6th and they're backing him up now. They are not the party of law and order. They are the party of destruction and anti-democracy. And anti so I think that Democrats need to sing that on every mountaintop. They need to dive into the depths of every sea. They need to spread it across this country up and down and project it around the world that the Republican Party is anti-democratic, a bunch of anti-democratic grifting um, yep. pieces of trash. And that is who they are. And if you want the 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 rest of the country to look like the 30 percent of this of this movement then you know let them go yeah uh norm so a, a few points first on uh, following on what water said last night i was at the uh, premiere of a new documentary called against all enemies that is about military and former military recruited into white supremacist and extreme movements and it is 
a, an amazing, superb documentary uh, and chilling. And that's the one thing that scares me the most out of all of this, um, that you have people who genuinely believe that they're protecting and defending the Constitution. Yeah. And have a lot of weapons, uh, but have bought into a false universe. Uh, second, just following what Dahlia said, my first reaction on the Alabama case was uh, relief. But then I share what uh, Rick Hassan uh, has written, which is this is John Roberts uh, giving a little bone to the rest of us, an important one, but affirmative action is gone. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, if he had basically said that outrageous, overt racial gerrymandering is okay, that there is no Voting Rights Act left whatsoever, there would have been even more of a backlash against an already embattled uh, court that has no moral standards or standing. Um, and this is uh, just as he did with the, uh, affirm, uh, the, the Affordable Care Act, just trying to balance a little bit to keep the court from going completely uh, off the rails. And then finally, I would say all of these Republicans, starting with Kevin McCarthy and the lineup of others, Ted Cruz, who made a, another, of course, absolutely vile statement, uh, you know, blaming Biden for uh, going after uh, Donald. Um, but all of them uh, have gone way out on a limb. And I think the evidence that we're going to see, and that will be even if the trial is delayed, the evidence that we're going to see of the perfidy of this man, of the traitorous behavior of this man, of the repeated lies, of the obstruction of justice, of everything else that's involved is, uh, as uh, so many of us have said, going to leave them in a very bad place. Some of them are going to start to get a little distance from him. Over time, I actually think that while plenty of people will double down on their support for him, continue to believe that it's all phony, this is going to divide a party. Uh, and that may be some of the good news uh, out of what is an otherwise despicable group of people. Yeah, uh, like guys, you you might want to keep your powder dry um, before the indictments are actually read because you don't know what's in them. And as Norm just said, and by I'm speaking to you, Republicans, because I know you're listening and watching right now, uh, you're just digging the hole deeper. I mean, keep digging, please. But it is unfathomably dangerous. Uh, for them to be doing this. And Norm, I hope you're right. I hope it ends up in the long term being just incredibly destructive for them as it should. All right. We are going to wrap up here uh, again. I'm so thrilled to see you and your faces. It makes me happy. Uh, so Jen did a wonderful job, but we are delighted to have you back. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Norm. And every, you know, everybody who, who, uh, stepped in and, and came uh, in my absence. I'm, I'm so grateful to you for keeping the show running because the show must go on, even if it isn't Broadway. Um, anyway, I, and thanks to everybody who's, who's uh, watching who kind of was patient with me. <laughs> so Gentab, Dahlia Lithwick, Wajali, Danielle Moody, Norm Ornstein, my friends, thank you so much for being here today and hopefully I will see you soon. Well, it was so good to see everybody and so happy to have you here. Um, I appreciate 
you're hanging in um and yeah just a couple quick things uh as as Waj mentioned uh jen and eg and carol and i have embarked on a, an, a completely unlikely project on substack uh it's called backstory serial and uh the three of us together are writing a romance novel called the italian lesson um, I am writing it, even though I've never read a romance novel before. Um, but, you know, the, one of the goals, too, is to kind of just create a politics-free zone where we can all just uh, hang out and not not talk about politics. We can instead just talk about Tuscany, Sounds, which is uh, honestly sounds perfect to me. So we'd love to have you check it out uh, again on Substack. It's Backstory Serial and the, the book itself, uh, which we are uh, publishing in serialized form, is called The Italian Lesson. So, uh, you know, I think you might enjoy it because as I've discovered, anybody is somebody who can like a romance novel. Um, I'm not sure if I'm one of them, but I like writing it. So, so that's cool. Anyway, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, I we haven't done an emergency session in a while, so uh, and and it, it's always nice to do one uh, when the news is good. Um, I mean, it's bad and good because obviously it's pretty tragic that America has come to this. But at least, at least, Donald Trump uh, is at the beginning of his account to be accountability journey and that can only be good for the country so guys thank you again so much for uh hanging out with us at the barry trump show uh the nerd avengers and i all appreciate it so much and uh we will see you soon take care